Hello, everybody. Welcome to Terrace Talk ahead of this weekend's crunch Premier League encounter between Norwich and Watford. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to quite put the label on it that you might be putting on it yet. We're going to have a discussion about that and um, we'll come back to you in just a second. Delighted to be joined by Norwich City fan Andrew Kent and uh, Watford fan and founder of the Watford Way, James Batchelor as well. Gents, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Andrew, I'm, I'm going to start with you first. I'm going to ask you straight off the bat, both the same question. Is this weekend's game must win? And we'll start with, is this um, weekend must win for Norwich City? Um, it's not must win because after Saturday, there's 33 games left. So there's plenty of points to play for. Um, but you could, as someone recently said, you could put it in the must not lose category. Um, I think... In essence, we just need to get points on the board. We don't want to be the team that is sitting on naught um, across the 92 league clubs for for another week. So I think we need to. We definitely need to get something out of it. I think the fact that it's at home probably adds a bit more pressure in front of 27 and a half thousand at Carrow Road. Um, so yeah, probably must not lose. I'm not going to say must win, but it's. It's a big game. It would be a big game wherever it was played across the season because I think when you're coming up, you're measuring yourself against the two you come up with first and then everyone else above above you, as they always seem to be above us. Um, but everyone else then in the league, you, when, you, when you're up against them, you, you're kind of hoping for points. But when you're playing Watford and Brentford as it is this season, you're really wanting to, to set that stall out to, to win the game. So... It's a bit of a wishy-washy answer, but yeah, probably must not lose. You should, you should be a football manager, um, Andrew. Yeah, I am. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, um, we'll we'll ask James the same question then. Is this weekend a must-win for Watford, or would you categorise it in the same way that, that Andrew has there? Um, I wouldn't say it's a must-win for Watford as such, but I would say for Zisco and some certain Watford fans, it's, it's a must-win just because, you know, the, the dynamic at, at Watford is, you know, a few bad results and your future is already in question. Now, I really like what Norwich have done with, with Daniel Farker and, and sticking with him even through relegation and when times have got tough. But I think for Zisco... Um, he, he does really need to show that that he can be a Premier League manager because this really is the, the biggest job he's ever had. Before Watford, he was at Dynamo Tbilisi and, and he did well there winning the league with them. But apart from that, he's not really had um, any previous managerial experience. So I think for Zisco, um, it's definitely a must win. Um, for Watford, of course, I, I'd love to win the game. But, but I do agree. I think that, that we can't lose the game because if we do, um, you know, Watford especially... You know, end end of the year, November time, we've got such a difficult run of fixtures. So between now and kind of the start of November, we really need to pick up quite a few points. Interesting. Well, Norwich City, Andrew, uh, have just emerged from a very difficult start. Four games against Liverpool, Man City, Leicester and Arsenal. Welcome back to the Premier League. Thank you very much. Um, they're out of those now. And, and particularly when you look at the next five home games, starting with Watford, there does look to be a patch now, a, a run of fixtures that certainly in Premier League terms is a bit more favourable and probably a run of fixtures that Norwich City are targeting more points from. So do you feel like you've seen enough over the last four games to suggest that that's going to happen for Norwich City yet? Do you still think there are areas that concern you? Where are you kind of feeling in, in terms of your outlook on Norwich? I, I always like to be positive, but 
I'm having trouble with these these uh, opening four games, and not from the point of view of oh we should have got something from any of them because of you know yes they were all really really tough games against four good sides albeit the last one was against a side who have been woeful for a long time and that was probably the best opportunity out of the four to get points. Um, the issue I have at the moment, I put a tweet out earlier in the week about the change in formation. Um, and I know it's a minor change from 4-2-3-1 to 4-3-3, but I'm struggling to see the benefit. And I put it out there because I was hopeful that one of the the many on, on Twitter who sort of analyse us probably deeper than I would, would come up with something even just like a small positive of, yes, this is where this is headed. Um, it just baffles me really that we've gone away from, Farker came in in 2017 and was, it's 4-2-3-1. And I know he's always said he doesn't go too deep with the base formations, as he, as he would say. Um, Good impression. But, well, thanks. <laughs> but he's always been a 4-2-3-1 and then we kind of work off that. So to have a championship season like we had with that formation. And then I'm presuming, as, as pointed out to me by a couple of people, there's obviously been data analysis in this of 4-3-3 maybe worked better in the Premier League. I don't know. Um, but to take away from what we had and what worked and certainly what benefited Timu Puki, I can't see the guy scoring a goal at this moment in time in the formation that we're in. He, he looks bereft of confidence I know he's come off the back of an injury and then the Euros and being rushed into that and then Covid and then obviously a massively disjointed pre-season and all those that go those things that have surrounded it but I think we've we've kind of taken his legs away by not having a 10 behind him now obviously we sold his best mate in the summer um which made sense to be honest to, to sell Buendia when we did but um to not have someone then sitting behind him like Cantwell or Dowell or uh, Zolis or Rosita, whoever whoever you kind of want to throw in there to feed him, that's where the formation for me is, isn't is working for us. And I know it takes time to build an attack, but um, it just seems odd that we've, we've lurched from one to another and we don't seem to really have the tools to play that formation, particularly in, in the centre of the pitch and up top. You make, yeah, you make some some really interesting points there. I have, I must admit, um, I, I'll ask you about the Arsenal game in a moment, but just reflecting on that, it does feel to me like it, it's almost, there's a slight irony about it because we spent a lot of two years ago saying they haven't quite cracked that number 10 position and maybe they should add another central midfielder and now they've kind of done that and it feels like they need a number 10 again. So, yeah, I, I would agree with a lot of the points that, that you've made. Um in terms of the Arsenal game, just to very quickly reflect on that, you, you described it as maybe the, the best opportunity to get something off Arsenal, certainly in, in the last half a decade, I would argue, maybe even longer, probably longer than that. Um, it was a 1-0 defeat. It, for the first 60 minutes, it was a very low-margin game. Both teams were in it. Norwich had a really good spell before half-time where they were controlling possession, but really, again, we're struggling to create, and we'll probably come back to, to the creativity point. How do you kind of reflect on, on that Arsenal game? Disappointment, frustration? Um, do you take encouragement out of it? Because I think there's, there's probably, you could probably fall in either of those camps, to be completely honest. I think it was it was Norwich City in the Premier League in a nutshell. We've, I think these four games have shown that in that short space of time where we've we've been battered by 
one of the best teams in the league, one of the best teams in Europe in Man City. We've we kind of jabbed at Liverpool in the first half, didn't even really land a punch on them, and then got walked over in the second half. Leicester was probably the best performance so far um, for a sustained spell. And then Saturday, I think, was the most disappointing because, like I say, Arsenal now aren't Arsenal of, like I say, even five years ago, let alone 10 to 15 years ago. So um, the opportunity was there. We had probably one good chance, I think, from memory, which was McLean's header. Um, And then beyond that, yes, we kind of, we were in the game, but we could have played until today and we probably wouldn't have scored. So um, it's all the, it's all the hallmarks of Norwich city in the premier league from last time and, and years gone by. And I think I certainly, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other fans want to see us move away from, from that and try and change that pretty quickly to a new Norwich city where we, you know, we're, we're attacking and we're, we're taking the game of teams and we're getting chances and, Score, scoring goals. Obviously, what happens at the back end of the pitch is a is a different ball game, but it's the it's the attack that's more worrying for me than the defence. Mm, it's, it's interesting. We, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, um, a, a win can just break that cycle a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not a massive fan of statistics spanning two seasons, but it is 14 consecutive Premier League defeats for Norwich City. I think the record is 20, um, which is held by Sunderland. So you'd hope that they can uh, we can avoid talking about that for for too much longer. Um, James, let's let's come to you. Watford um, came up with Norwich City last season. They were probably between Christmas and. Uh, and maybe the end of the season, I think they registered the most points in the championship, certainly the, the most wins under Zisco Munoz. Um, one win so far this season, which is on the opening day against Aston Villa, three defeats subsequently, uh, what Wolves, Tottenham and, uh, and Brighton. How have they kind of fared in, in the Premier League so far? I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned straight off the bat about Zisco's future. That would imply that maybe it's not gone as, as smoothly as perhaps you guys hoped. No, I think it's... Um... It's, it's a difficult one because Zisco, as a person, is a really nice guy. But, you know, in, in the games we've seen so far, especially against Tottenham, um, Wolves actually as well, because I was at them games, um, it's, it's been quite clear to me that he's been out-coached out by, by the opposition, whether that be tactically um, or, or even just with substitution. So I think his inexperience is showing. But I also think that, you know, we have taken a calculated risk um, with him and you know personally for me fans calling for his head now um, is, is crazy I think we've got to stick by him for, for at least a, a, at least a little bit longer because you know ultimately you know he, he is a young manager we've taken a risk with him um, and, and I do overall like, like the style of play he's trying to implement I think in the championship um, he, he got away with maybe some questionable decisions at time just because you know you know sometimes having a better quality of player can, can get you over the line rather than um, you know out 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 coaching the opposition, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, it's, it's a transition for him from a championship and, you know, winning nearly every game. Whereas, you know, you're going from that to then the Premier League where, you know, you being a newly promoted side, you're, you're, you know, you're expecting to get dominated on, on quite a regular basis. So, you know, it's interesting actually that, that you mentioned that Norwich switched to the 4-3-3 formation as well, because that's what Watford predominantly play. So I'm interested to see how, how that, how that will pan out and whether both teams will cancel each other out or not. Um, but I think, you know, we, we've done, we've done well for, for the players we've got, but I do want to see a bit more from Disco. Um, especially in terms of in terms of dominating teams, and hopefully we can we can start with with Norwich on Saturday because I do think that overall 
Um, I mean, every opposition preview that um, every opposition fan that comes on here probably says the same thing as me. But you know, I do think Watford's squad is a lot stronger than Norwich um, purely um, through recruitment. Musa Suzoko, Danny Rose, Josh King—you know, these are experienced Premier League players. So I do think that we've got a good mix, uh, you know, in, in the Premier League this year. And, and actually, arguably, I would say we've got we've got a better squad than than last time we were, we were in the Premier League. So. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how how the game pans out, and hopefully Zisco can can put any doubts of his future to bed with with a win this Saturday. Well, I was going to say, it's, it, and you mentioned it there. It's a slight transition, isn't it, from what he was used to in kind of the first. Well, when, what month did he take over? It was before Christmas. Yeah, wasn't so it? he but... took over in December, and his first match was actually Norwich yes. at Vicarage Road. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Oh, I was I was there, unfortunately. Um, it was Boxing Day, wasn't it? But as you said, they're probably not a, a coach who, since he's been at Watford, has been used to losing and now comes into the game on, on kind of um, back-to-back defeats. There's been, I've, I've seen some stuff made on, on social media. And we've spoken about Norwich's lack of creativity, maybe a similar point to, to Watford. Is, is that something that you share, having watched sort of their, their opening games of the season? Is there kind of a lack of, of, of creativity? Are we just seeing... Because I think um, both teams made made eleven signings of the summer. Are we just still seeing both coaches? And I'll, I'll maybe come back to Andrew on this point. Just trying to work out what puzzle pieces they've got and trying to put that together effectively. Yeah, I do. I mean, from a, from a Watford perspective, mid- midfield really is our issue. Now that's where we've seen the most um, incomings and outgoings this summer. You know, seasoned pros like Will Hughes. Um, Nathaniel Chalaber, you know, even Troy Deeney as striker. We've, we've had really, you know, seasoned in, in, in English players as well. You know, you always have the English spine in the Premier League, don't you? And these players have left Watford. We've brought in loads and loads of new faces, especially in that midfield area. And we have been lacking creativity from there. Um, our creativity primarily has come from Ismail Assar. So if you mark him out the game or, or, he, or, or he has just a day, day off, a bad day, um, you know, it's really difficult for us to make chances. And obviously, from a Norwich perspective, um, you know, what Buendia is a huge miss for you guys. And, you know, if, if you were going to ask me about my key player, it would normally be Buendia. Um, so I think that's that's a positive, for, for, at least for me, for Watford coming up against you guys, that you guys have lost Buendia. Um, but in terms of creating chances, if there's, if there's Malasar is a bad day or the midfield aren't, aren't playing up to scratch, you know, we really do struggle to, to create even, you know, a clear-cut chance per game. Interesting. Um, Andrew, I've kind of taken uh, and I've been reflecting on Arsenal and I don't I don't know if this is just a view that I have. Maybe it's it's me searching for optimism. Maybe it's shared by other people. So this is a good opportunity to find out. Do you, do you get the sense that this is a Norwich team that will grow and, and will grow as a team and, and, and will pick up points eventually? But for me, it just kind of feels like how quickly that happens, because if it happens in a month, happy days, that may be enough to, to get enough points to keep them up. If it happens... December then that's going to be probably a little bit too late isn't it so do you feel there are there are reasons to be optimistic for for Norwich City fans at the moment I mean we're we're four games in it's been a very difficult start to the season Um, I think if if most Norwich fans would be intrusive themselves they'd probably have them on the amount of points that they have at the moment maybe one or two if, if they were being maybe slightly optimistic how is, is is that kind of a fair reflection? Do you think this is a team that will grow? Or I guess it's kind of the, the wider point is about how these defeats affect them because in the Premier League, confidence can, can drain out so quickly. Yeah, no, I I get where you're coming from. Um, and I do 
I'm inclined to agree. I haven't seen enough to suggest that it'll happen immediately. I'd love it to be to be Saturday. James has just mentioned, obviously, their midfield and their formation. I wonder if Farker might revert back now that Norman's had a full week. I wonder if he would play as part of a two and then we'd play the three and the one ahead of that. Um, I think Rashidza, sorry, um, and, and Zolis have shown in flashes what they can do. Um, it does take time, to, as we said earlier, to, to get an attack to work and to gel, especially when you're changing up what you've done with the the guy that is the the kind of linchpin of that with Pookie and like say taking Wendy away and and trying to kind of reinvent it. So there have been flashes, but it's only been flashes. And yes, the the first four games, the majority of us expected to pick up nothing. Certainly when the fixture list came out, I think as the games have gone on, obviously as we got to Arsenal, I think maybe people thought, oh, we there's a chance we'll sneak a win. Um, maybe get a point. Leicester being at home, there's always that element of war at Carrow Road, so we could well do something away in the Premier League. I think we pretty much write ourselves off more often than not anyway. So um, it needs to change. But yeah, I think there they could well be optimism in there, but it's how quickly they can, they can sort of knit it all together. Um, if he does continue and persevere with his 4-3-3, then I think it will have to gel pretty quickly because I don't think fans will back it too long if it's not working um, because of the, the reasons we've said before. So um, it's got to happen Saturday or we should get rid of him and get Hewton in. <laughs> oh, goodness no, me. absolutely not. I, I'd rather my four-year-old son manages that. Oh, well, he has he has left Nottingham Forest now, hasn't he? So uh, <laughs> who, who knows? Um, it's it, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Just the the kind of mood ahead of this weekend. It, it does feel like if either a team are, are on the the receiving end of uh, of a defeat, then the mood amongst that particular fan base is going to be pretty grim for the next week. So um, we shall see. Just to come back to Andrew, Daniel Farker has had two hundred games now in charge of Norwich City, two hundred and one this weekend, um, four against Watford four defeats. We're trying to be optimistic, but this does seem to be a team that Daniel Farker struggles against for whatever reason. I'll I'll leave this up to the powers that be uh, along come Norwich, but I'm not sure if there's some sort of reverse along come Norwich that happens. So um, there might be a spreadsheet coming out on Twitter in the next day or two to tell us what likelihood of a win there is. Um, just to explain to James, um, a manager can do more than half a season. Um, <laughs> so... Daniel Farker has managed to do, he's now in his fifth season, which I know is unbelievable from your point of view, but that can happen. Um, so, um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's deserved the time that he's got. He, I think, obviously, the first season was was such a transition and there was a lot of trust the process talk um, and people held on. And then we had the incredible scenes of 18, 19, which nobody saw coming. Um Obviously, 18-19 turned into nineteen twenty, which then was very, very tough. But I think the reasons that we went down weren't Farker-based injuries, um, lack of recruitment, that sort of stuff. And as Stuart Weber said, um, 
we went to war without a gun. So um, walking the championship last season, as we as we pretty much did in the end, to getting near 100 points, um, to hit to hit 200 games now is fantastic because as we're seeing Hutton's last and seven games into a championship season, um, Watford changed managers like I changed my underpants. Um, and there's other clubs that would just, would just knee jerk every single time. And I think we're, we're kind of showing what can be done if you give someone some time, but as, as is proven, there's no time in football. It's if you don't get a result tomorrow, you're out the door the next day. Yeah, but I, I mean, we 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 jest about kind of Watford and, and how frequently they change managers, James. But it, it has worked for them, hasn't it? In, in recent seasons, I mean, you, you get rid of of Vlad uh, Ivic, in comes Zisco Munoz, and, and suddenly you're back in the Premier League. So it, people may look at that approach and 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 joke about it, but it's it's one that's proved on the whole successful for Watford over the last however long. Yeah, I, I would say so. You got to remember, we got to two FA Cup semi-finals as well, an FA Cup final. Um, you know, before a relegation, that was our fifth year consecutively in the Premier League. So up until that relegation season, um, it, it did work. And, you know, I, I had a great time in the Premier League, you know, growing up through through my teenage years, watching watching Premier League football. You know, it was absolutely amazing. And yeah, you know, I know a lot of opposition fans, including Andrew, question, um, <laughs> question the decision of, of, of the Watford board. And, you know, I, I, as we said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Zisco go, you know, I, I think he'll go before Christmas, which which I don't want. You know, for me personally, even if we got relegated, I would keep Zisco and, you know, let him do what you've done with Daniel Farker, bring us back up um, and, and develop the squad he's got. Because, you know, it's quite evident to me that the way we've recruited this summer, especially, um, yes, we've brought in some experienced Premier League players, but we've brought in loads and loads of youngsters, really, really promising youngsters, where if we do get relegated, um, you know, the, these players can come into the team and we'll still have a really, really strong squad in the championship. So, I, you know, I do think we have to back Cisco, um, you know, and, and as we said earlier, you know, we can't come into the Premier League and expect to beat um, every team we come across. We can't expect to draw every game um, that we play. You know, we've got to take it on a game by game basis. And, you know, November, especially if I list you off the, the fixtures we've got now. I know you've got to play everybody twice, but the actual run of games we've got in November is absolutely ridiculous. So we've got Arsenal, relegation favourites with you guys. Um, then we've got <laughs> Chelsea, then we've got Leicester, then we've got Man City, and then we've got... Um, oh, who else have we got? We've got another team after that. It's just absolutely insane. So from like the middle of October to the end of November, I can't see us picking up a single point, which is why this is important, because... You know, you guys, you know, us and us, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, you know, these teams that Watford are going to play within the next month or so, they're, they're the teams that are going to be around us come the end of the season. So it is important that we don't lose the game, um, but we really do need to get a positive result. And, and yeah, as I keep saying, I really do hope it starts on Saturday. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive. I'm very positive. So I do think the squad we've got is better than you guys. Have you have you seen enough so far from from Watford to suggest that the results will come? I, I know you've kind of mentioned Zisco's uh, Zisco's position a little bit, but have you seen enough from kind of the the opening? I mean, you've you've done something that Norwich haven't done yet, which is which is win a game. Um, yes. But obviously, the, the defeats haven't been particularly great, and not scored a goal in that time either. So, have you have you seen enough to suggest that that kind of the the positive results are, are on the way for Watford? 
Um, to be honest, I haven't really seen enough to suggest that positive results are on the way. However, um, the manner of the defeats and, and how they happened has more been through individual mistakes by, by certain players rather than tactical decisions, if you will. Um, for example, against Tottenham, that was purely a goalkeeping error. If, if that didn't happen, I'd, I would have expected us to draw that game. Um, Wolves, again, um, individual mistakes, really. Brighton, you know, poor pass out from the back. Brighton player through on goal, scores. So really, a lot of the goals we've conceded have come from individual mistakes. And maybe if they, if they hadn't have happened, um, Watford might have one or, or two more points than we've got currently. So, you know, there is positives there that we're actually, we've, we've not been torn apart by any team, really. Um, and Tottenham probably um, has been the best performance I've seen so far, other than, other than the Aston Villa game. So it's, it's kind of a mix of both. We've not really done enough to, to win the games we've played since Aston Villa. But equally, I don't think we've really deserved to lose all of them either. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sitting on, on, on the fence with that one. I do, I do think, you know, coming up against Norwich, I, I, I do expect us to beat you. Um, but that could just be with my championship head on, thinking we're, we're in the championship and, you know, we've won 10 games in a row, you know. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. And I've kind of still got to, to readjust to, to being back in the Premier League. And, and yeah, like, we're the underdog. We're, we're like little guys now. And, you know, we've got all these big teams above us who, who really should be running away with it. Yeah, you, you get used to it pretty quickly. Don't, don't worry. Um, certainly from a from a Norwich perspective, I think that um, we, we've certainly, uh, not, from a Norwich perspective, had to, to experience that in, in recent seasons. Um, Andrew, I, th I think if we, we look back to the, the two Watford games last season, um, James has already mentioned him. Ismail Asar was was very, very good in both. I think he, he gave J Jacob Sorensen and Xavi Quintia a lot of problems. Um, Brandon Williams was very good last weekend at Arsenal, probably the one Norwich player who really did impress and, and and probably the one Norwich player that you looked at and thought actually probably didn't deserve to be on the losing side last weekend, defending against Nicolas Pepe very, very well. He's a, a £70 million winger by by all accounts. Does that give you a bit more confidence that Norwich can control Ismail Assar this weekend? And, and given what James said earlier about if you kind of stop him, then maybe Watford lack a little bit of creativity themselves. Does does that kind of give you confidence, especially given his performance last last week? It does. I thought he was, re he was really, really good. He... Um... He looked like a Man United player. That's the best, best compliment you can pay him is that obviously he's come on loan to us because they want him to get extended game time um, in the Premier League and then obviously go back to them sort of ready to challenge Luke Shaw or Wan-Bissaka on the other side, depending on which side he plays. And I think that's a that's a big benefit to him is the fact that he can play both sides comfortably. Um, obviously, he's a right foot player, but he's, he's a smashing left back. Um, I think where us as fans really liked his performance is he doesn't hold back in the tackle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him whack through Saar on several occasions on Saturday and probably pick up a yellow card. Um, I think it'll be an interesting battle. Um, but if Williams plays like he did on, on Saturday against Arsenal, then Saar might be in for a really, really tricky afternoon because I don't think Williams is one to back down from from the fight and if he gets beaten by Sarah the first time he's not going to hold back the second time um so yeah he, he's probably been the one bright spot from from Saturday where you go yeah there, there's a real player there um I think there was a little bit of doubt when when we were linked with him and then eventually signed him and it took a while to get the, the signing across the line but there was a there was a few um sort of 
naysayers on Twitter saying, oh, we don't really need him and what's the point in bringing him in? He's he's just going to sit on the bench. And obviously everyone had seen how well Janulis had, had performed in the uh, in the championship at the back end of last season. But um, I was pleased that we signed him because we need a cover on the both sides, which he gives us. And also I think we've now started to show that we're not going to be sentimental to players who have got us up, certainly like last time where we we went, no, no, we'll go with what we had. Yanoulis um, is a superb player and probably will play a big part in the season as, as we move along if there's injuries to Williams or if Aaron's gets injured and we have to move him across or if Rio gets a move for, for Max across <laughs> to a bigger club in January, um, which seems to be on the cards. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about him. I'm a fortunate position. One of my closest friends is a big Man United fan. I messaged him um, sort of when the when there was talk of Williams coming in. I said, you know what? What are we getting here? And he was like, he's 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 very very good, but he's very raw, and he just needs that time because of who he's got in front of him. Obviously, he's got England's left back on one side, and then a very very good right back in Wambasaka, who probably, if there wasn't forty five other right backs that could play for England, Wambasaka would probably be in as well. So he's he's got to wait his turn, but I think he's he's going to show us some real real positive signs this season. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Four or five challenges on uh, Nicolas Pepe last week, both inside and outside the box were, were excellent. There was one in particular um, just before half time where he almost seemed to defy physics and get a, a leg in front of Pepe when he was running behind him to win the ball so clean. It was excellent. Very, very quite quite an old school fullback, really, in, in the way that he tackles, but um, very good to see. Um, just finally, Andrew, before we come on to respective score predictions and, and how you both see this game going, um, let's ask you about Norwich City's attack because that seems to be at the moment where there's most concern about and rightly so uh, I, I did a bit of a dig in, in the numbers at the start of the week which probably tell a picture of maybe not this isn't a team Ipuki problem it's probably a more structural point and as you mentioned yeah. there's lots of new pieces that are trying to come together and there probably is a lack of cohesion but how do this is I'm probably asking you a million dollar question here really but how do Norwich solve their their lack of creativity is is that something that um they they can change just by switching personnel is it something that needs to be sort of coached out of them how, how do you kind of see them fixing that that issue the, the big question i suppose with with my uh as a as a cup win and under 16 under 16s coach uh i'll put my uh, coach's hat on and tell you that it is going to be a hell of a lot of work on the training ground and i would imagine that this week there has been, and even in the preceding weeks, but certainly this week with the full squad available, there will be a hell of a lot of work going on um, on the patterns of play and kind of the snippets we see from the videos the media guys put out um, tend to tend to be a lot of sort of crossing and finishing that we see on a Thursday night or a Friday morning whenever they throw it out. But I I would tell you now they do a hell of a lot more work on on the patterns of play. Um, for me, it's interesting. Obviously, he doesn't know his best eleven yet. I think that's that's uh, clear to see. Within that, then he doesn't know his best attacking three or four. However, he's setting up. Um, I think we've seen enough from Zolis and Rashita to suggest that they would play left and right. Puki is the number one, but is Sergeant kind of knocking at the door sufficiently enough to get a start. Will he start ahead of Puki on, on Saturday? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I would expect him more to start against Liverpool in the Cup on the Tuesday. Um, Eda's 
put himself out there. He's had a decent pre-season. He's obviously started for Ireland a couple of times. Um, hasn't got his goal, unfortunately, but I think there's there's definitely a player in there. So, like I say, it's knitting it all together. We'll find, I think we'll find that cohesion eventually. Um, I really want to see us go back to the 4-2-3-1 and get Cantwell in as a 10. I think Cantwell and Pukki have a link, not to the level of he who left for Aston Villa and Pukki, but certainly there is a link there. We've seen a through ball from Cantwell against Liverpool to Pukki. That was the sort of one good chance really Pukki's had, I think, in the four games from memory anyway. Um, and that kind of showed uh, Todd's on. Todd's got the link with, with Timo. So if you played Todd in the 10 um, and had the other two guys wide, I mean, they both bring pace and ability to beat a man. Um, I think that would work. But if he's going to persevere with a 4-3-3 and have Norman, Lise Malou, Gilmore or McLean as a three, then um, I think it's going to be harder and possibly take a bit longer. Um, although I'm heartened by the fact that James says they're making individual mistakes because maybe they might gift us something and it might spark something. But also on the flip side of that, with the way that we've been playing out from the back and the kind of issues we're having there and maybe teams are wise to how cruel wants to chip it wide to Aaron's or to Williams and, and the press in, in, in there. I think there's obviously mistakes in us as well. So um, it could make for a comical game. Yeah, uh, James, you, you referenced that game on, on Boxing Day um, that Norwich City lost. And I remember Watford being absolutely relentless in their press that time around. So if, the, if, if it's anything similar, I think I think Andrew's right. Then Norwich um, may have to look for, for a, I don't want to use the term plan B, but maybe a different solution to, to how they play. Um, let's start with you then, James, this weekend with your Watford hat on. You've already said that um, you think Watford have a, a better squad. You, you're hopeful that they can that they can beat Norwich this weekend. So how do you see the game going? Do you see it being quite a tight affair? Do you think Watford's quality will come through? How, how do you see it? I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet now. We've not kept a clean sheet all season, which you might think is surprising because obviously, you know, we, we had the best defence in, in the Championship last year. Um, but I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I do think that you guys will score. But I, I am confident, as you just mentioned, Connor, um, <laughs> I'm very, very optimistic. I do, I do think that we do overall have have a better, more experienced squad than 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 you guys. Um, I do think your score. What should I go with? I'm going to go with a two-one Watford win. Um, João Pedro coming back from injury as well. Hopefully, we'll get to see him too. So, you know, we don't really have a lot of injury problems either. So, a lot of our, you know, a lot, a lot of the players we want to be available are available. So. We've not got to worry too much about that either. So, you know, with João Pedro coming back, hopefully Sark can get back into form. Josh King still yet to score his first goal um, for Watford. So, yeah, 2-1 win to, to Watford for me. Good stuff. Andrew, I'll, I'll come to you. How do you see this one going? I'll be brutally honest, Connor. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> um, there's, there's so many question marks around us at the moment and... If we continue where we've come from, then unless, like James says, Watford don't keep a clean sheet and gift us a goal, um, then I, I can't really see it scoring. And it's horrible to say, and I've, I've never thought that about Norwich, but um, I'm heartened by what James is saying about how they 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 gift goals. Um, I'll throw you two predictions. If he goes with the 4-3-3 that we've had, 
I think, and we match them up, I think they might have a bit too much for us. And we it'd probably end up a draw, maybe a 1-1. I think if he goes back to the 4-2-3-1 and we've worked on it during the week and he's he's basically told them, go out and play like Norwich from last season, but in the Premier League, um, something will knit together. Watford will gift us an early goal. The mood at Carrow Road will be great. Everyone's bringing their scarves for the ACN, paint a yellow cause. So I think that'll be huge, although it's up against Watford. So we're painting it yellow for the opposition team as well. Um, but if he goes 4-2-3-1, I think we could win 3-1. I don't see us keeping a clean sheet. I, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet all season. But you don't think you keep a clean sheet all season? James, this is Norwich in the Premier League. We <laughs> ship goals. Don't, we can we can bring in like prime John Terry and the man who Vidic with the let goals in. So... <laughs> Interesting stuff. You've you've both gone for wins, which I which I like. So let's let's uh, let's see where we end up on Saturday. This is a, a really interesting encounter i think for both sides as we've we've kind of painted maybe not um in must win category yet but certainly must not lose for either side whether that means we'll get a tense affair where they both cancel each other out we, we shall see but um it's going to be interesting nonetheless james andrew thank you so much for joining me thank you all very much for watching let us know how you think this game's going to go as well in the comments um hopefully if you're watching this with a Norwich city hat on you're feeling a bit more positive thank you very much for watching we'll see you again next week Oh. Uh-huh.